Welcome to Hive Mind. I am Meg, and I am here with Nick Morley and Eli McCann. Hey, guys. So happy to be here. Nick, we always love to have you with us. Thank you for having me. Um, We brought you back because we are entering award season coverage. Um, My favorite time of year. If there's one thing I'm good for, it's award season coverage. It's all of our... It's our Super Bowl, guys. Super Bowl. Congrats to the... Pirates or whoever they were for just winning, but like this is our time. <laughs> the Pirates, the Buccaneers, the Buccaneers. I know the team name. These are I'm teams, just being I don't, silly. I don't know. I actually don't. Tom Brady is all that matters. Tom Brady's team. Okay. Uh, Nick, what have you been watching? All right. So, uh, finally got into Broadchurch like four years oh. late. Ooh. Olivia you guys Coleman. Seen it? Olivia Coleman. Yeah. David Tennant. Yes. Who. I uh, was Professor Moody's no it it was uh Barty Crouch Jr. Mm-hmm. in Harry Potter well-known British actor mm-hmm. um I we watched season 1 and I thought it was great but I've no desire to watch season 2 none whatsoever I oh. was the same way I watched season 1 I've never watched I season mean, 2 I mean they solved the case that they were trying to solve and then that was it so I guess they continue with the trial or something like that but I I've zero desire I'm going to let sleeping dogs lie, and I'm not even going to uncover it, because I enjoyed the first season, and I don't think there's any reason to keep watching it. All right. Good for you. I mean... Take a stand. I know we've talked about breaking up with shows before, but, like, mm-hmm. I feel like this is a clean break, you know? I, yeah. I feel like we're on mutual terms, and, like, there's there's no reason to... Sometimes, you know, you just, yeah, you're not yeah, compatible, yeah. and it's time to move yeah, on. I mean, what are you going to do there? So, but, anyway, next thing I wanted to talk about, this is one I couldn't finish, and I tried watching it out of principle, and I, I couldn't finish it. <laughs> um, there is a a new movie out on Netflix called Malcolm and Marie with John David Washington and Zendaya. I've heard okay. terrible things. Okay, yeah. So I wanted to get you guys' take on it. I don't know if you guys have seen it yet, but uh-uh. um, I got about an hour into it, and I was like, I was really trying because I was like, oh, like look how like artsy it is. Like it's black and white, and like <laughs> they're doing like this cool like theater set piece, and like I I just couldn't I just couldn't keep going. Um, I I kind of understand like the concept of what they were trying to do, but. It was just a little bit too on the nose, and it was just a little bit too in your face. And I get Zendaya was trying to do like a different thing, like she's not in like a an action movie or a musical or whatever. Like she's like really like raw acting, and like she, for what it's worth, she, like there were some moments of brilliance, but mm. I wouldn't recommend it. Like okay. unless you're into it, I don't know. Um, and then last, sorry, my phone keeps locking up. Okay. Um, HBO Max is doing like those releases of movies that would have been in theaters, mm-hmm. and I watched the Denzel Washington, Rami Malek, the little things, the oh, the murder mystery one, and it's not great. <laughs> okay, so it was, it, it was disappointing. My my, my week maybe of a viewing. March release oh, is when man. that was supposed to come. Oh, uh, it was uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh my gosh, I should have thought of that. Like there was a reason they released it like in February, like uh, after. All like the good movies were supposed to come out, but yeah. um, there's a reason that it it would have like gone straight to like a streaming service. Like I'm I'm happy that I didn't go to the theater for this, even if it would have been an option. Like it it's too bad because the casting was pretty fun. Like Jared Leto was the villain in it, and Denzel was Rami Malek's partner, and it was like a good setup, and that's why I watched it. But it just underwhelmed. Bummer. So anyway. Well, Sorry for the negative reviews this week. Glad you didn't pay money. Honestly, a bad review is way more fun than a good review. Yeah. It's, yeah. Eli, what have you been watching? Well, has anybody seen 
framing Britney Spears yet. Yes. Okay. Where did you watch it? I, it's, on it's on Hulu. Hulu. No, I looked it up on Hulu and it wouldn't come up. Um, I don't know no, what to tell you. Look. I literally watched it yesterday. I, I opened just... my Hulu app. <laughs> Meg, I opened my Hulu app and I typed in framing Britney Spears and it was like, here are five concerts from Britney Spears. It's not on there. Okay, I'll send it to you. I don't understand why I can't find it. I was very upset. I can tell you're very upset. I don't know how to tell you that I watched it without you getting more upset because you seem a reactionary right now. And maybe I, we should all just take a deep breath. <laughs> I mostly feel like there's there's a suggestion in this room that I am incompetent at using streaming services. And that is not true. Because and, you still have a cable subscription. No, I finally got rid of cable. <laughs> There is now no one left in America paying for cable because I got rid of it and I couldn't find this binding because I've been following, of course, the drama. Right. All right. Well, I want to hear what you think about it, but I was just wondering if anybody figured out how to watch it. Okay. I went, I saw um, News of the World. Oh, yes. Starring Tom Hanks. Oh, okay. You went to... I went to to Whisper Whisper to a theater. You did? Um, Okay. Okay. I'm probably going to get canceled over this, but let me just tell you, I actually don't think it's dangerous for us to go to movie theaters right now, based on my experience I mean, I've been two in the, to two in the last year, and it was me and, like, one other person in the whole thing. Right. It, it, this is this is the theater next to our house. Skylar and I walked to it. We were the only two people in the entire theater, and there's, like, no one even in the lobby. Like, we, like, did contactless check-in, and then we, like, went and sat in these chairs, and I was like, ah, this feels fine. Hmm. So, like, maybe we can do movies again. I'm sorry. Do what you feel safe doing and cancel me if you'd like. I went and saw News of the World starring Tom Hanks. This movie is exactly fine. Mm -hmm. It's just Mm. exactly fine. I'm not sure what made them do some of the things that they did. Like, basically, there's a little blonde girl who's, like, kind of playing a Native American the whole (laughs) movie-ish. Uh, that's, that's bad. Which was a choice. <laughs> what was the... I mean, she's not technically a native, but she's like a little blonde girl who was raised by Native Americans oh. and doesn't speak English. Okay, different and, situation. And so she's like taken it... on the cult. What was that Emma Stone role that she had yeah, that she was supposed Aloha. to be Asian? Aloha. Aloha. So they're not, they're not actually claiming this little girl is Native American, but she's like... The, representing the Native American culture. Did you guys watch SNL? You know how they always make each other read the jokes? Yeah. What was the one about uh, Wait, the, Scarlett the Johansson? The Michael Che Colin Jost one? Yeah. The, yeah. They made update. a joke about Scarlett Johansson and it was something about how she thinks she's Asian. I don't know. It was so funny. Like, the rest of the episode was super dumb, but that one joke, now I've just ruined it. But go anyway. look it up. Okay, we'll look it up. So, News of the World, um, it's charming enough. Tom Hanks is very charming. He's himself. Yeah. And so he's charming it. The kid is actually really good in it. The cinematography is really beautiful. It's like an old Western hmm. style film filmed in New Mexico. And like the, the landscape that they show is really cool. I was perfectly entertained by it. This movie is a solid B. Okay. Um, and it's a fam- family film. If you're looking for a movie to watch with your family, just don't expect to see a lot of actual Native Americans. So you were happy to be back in the movie theater then? Watching it was, a movie. Yeah, it was yeah. nice. Okay. I really enjoyed it. It's been a while, you know, and yeah. it, was, it was nice. Uh, I started Firefly Lane. Oh, yeah. 
Um, I think this is on Netflix. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. like number one right now on the. Okay, I don't think those numbers are real. You don't? No, I don't I either. Don't. Really? Because they. Never, oh, you're like, opening up a Pandora's box. They I don't. Hear. They've never shared their numbers about anything with anybody, so they can call whatever. You know how when you're on like Nordstrom's website uh, yeah. and they say there's only one left. Yeah, yeah, that's completely false. They yeah. can just make up numbers. Every time you buy airline tickets, it's always like only two tickets left, and it's like, mm-hmm. Yeah. So, okay. Sorry, I'm sorry. sorry I feel Nick. like I just told you that reality TV is scripted. <laughs> like, you have this look on your face that's complete devastation. I'm really sorry. You guys. <laughs> uh, uh, okay, Fire, Firefly Lane, which may or may not be number one. Uh, people don't seem to like it very much, and I'm confused by it. Okay. Because this show's fine. So like you're, I, you're confused by the show, or I'm confused, confused by, by the people not liking people it. not liking it because okay. like the the internet chatter is like this show is garbage. I watched like four episodes and I was like, this is kind of a fun show. It's not it, look, this is not like the best television show of all time. On on it, the scale of Emily in Paris. I have not seen Emily in oh, Paris, but I think I understand. Scale is broken. Yeah, <laughs> that and I don't know. So you know what the show? It, it's exactly as good as um. Dead. What was that show that we? Oh, just Dead watched? to Me. Dead to Me. It's exactly okay. as good like as Dead Linda, to Me. The Linda Cardellini Linda, show. Linda yeah. Cardellini, and it's even got kind of the same vibe and beats. It's basically Beaches, the series. Ooh. It's like the story, the exact exact story of Beaches, and they like flashback <laughs> to the seventies and show these like two girls. One's wild and the other one's, you know, a little more subdued and then they become friends. And then as adults, the more wild one is now famous, but they're still friends. And like it just like jumps back and forth. I think it's great. It's um, Catherine Heigl, who I guess is uncanceled because I think I think nobody wanted to work with her for a while because there were all these rumors that she was terrible. Yeah, there's something going around about that. So her and then the actress whose name I can never remember who starred in Scrubs and she was on Roseanne. She played like the older blonde daughter in Roseanne back in the 90s. Scrubs actress. Did you guys I, not I watch, don't know. I, watch I Scrubs? Know, I know yeah. the actress you're talking about. She's a really know. beautiful blonde woman. She She's great in this. Okay. Um, <laughs> the one thing that I will say, if you do watch it, it's very, very funny. They've flashed to 1982 and 2002, like back and forth a bunch. And the only way you can tell that it's 82 versus 2002 is their hair is a little different. Mm. So these 45-year-old women are supposed to be playing like 18-year-olds in the 80s. And they do (laughs) nothing other than give them like feathered hair to be like, look, they're 18 and it's the 80s now. It's very (laughs) funny. Um, That's what I've been watching. How about you, Meg? Okay. I made my children watch George of the Jungle. And that was a great decision. That movie is so funny. It It is? is So funny. Yes, it is. I it takes itself not at all seriously, and it's just a wild fun ride. And Brendan Fraser is super ripped in it, and he's actually like really handsome in it. Huh. I was surprised by how much I like this movie going back, and not just because Brendan Fraser has ripped abs in it, but because <laughs> it's like a funny, it's a funny movie, from okay. start to end, and it's like quick, like it's joke after joke after joke. Uh, they loved it. I loved it. Hmm. And I did watch Free Britney or Framing Britney. Okay. Framing Britney Spears. Tell us about Framing Britney Spears. What's the verdict? I mean, this could have been a multi-season series and I would have been gripped the entire time. Mm -hmm. Hmm. Her story is so sad. Yeah. And I think we're all complicit, sadly. Uh I think we may be a little young to be held responsible for the way she was treated, but it is completely shocking to go back and look at the way we treated young female celebrities in the 90s and early 2000s. Nick, go. Wait a second. I don't, I, okay. 
Nick how, is how, not responsible. How would, I was always a supporter of Britney and her music, and I feel like I didn't contribute to any of the downfall. Can you please elaborate a little bit? Because, like, I I don't remember ever, like, she shaved her head, and I was like, wow, that's wild. But I don't remember, like, saying anything, like, super negative about her. You don't remember personally? Well, the, then you're not complicit. Oh. Not, but all, I remember, not all men. I remember. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> don't worry, guys. Nick's not one of those. <laughs> Uh, I remember laughing about Britney's breakdown in 2007 when she shaved her mm-hmm. head and she beat a car with an umbrella. That felt objectively funny to me that this woman had snapped. And now I'm like, no, she was having a very hard time. Okay. She right. was struggling with real mental illness problems. And to be fair, at the time, we weren't talking about mental illness. I mean, look yeah. at the way we've talked about Kanye West in the last few years. Sure. You know, He's sick. He needs help. Something's wrong with this person. We were just laughing at Britney. Yeah. Afterward, mm-hmm. we had slut shamed her for so many years mm-hmm. for dressing the way adults told her to dress and singing the lyrics adults handed sure. to her. I when mean, she was like 17. When she was yeah. way she too was young. She was a child. Way too young yeah. and incapable of making the decisions they were asking her to make. It's a very tragic story. It's very tragic what's happening to her now with the conservatorship. conservatorship uh which I knew nothing about conservatorships, and that was interesting to learn. It's kind of a wild system, and it's never really been used on someone like Britney Spears until now. What's a conservatorship? It's when a court has ruled that you are incapable of making decisions about your own life. Oh, wow. And so someone else is in charge of a lot of your decisions and your money. And right now, that person, her conservator, is her dad. She doesn't oppose to being in a conservatorship because she agrees that she has some issues and she needs some help. She just doesn't want her dad to be the one running it. Oh, I see. So, And it kind of shows her family, and her family says some super weird stuff. It's a very interesting one hour. It's only one hour. Mm. So I personally wish it was longer, but if you are just looking for a, you know. It's just one hour? Primer. This is a good one Why'd hour. Why did they make yeah. it so short? Well, because it turns out it's part of the series that New York Times is doing, but no one's paid any attention to the rest of the episodes. Framing. Um, if yeah. they do framing. Well, and it's not all name. framing. I can't oh. remember the name of the series, but there's like one on coronavirus and one on oh. Oh, okay. other stuff. So. Hmm. That's why it's one hour. They bring in some really great specialists. They bring in a member of the paparazzi who followed her for a number of years, and he says some wild stuff. You're never going to be able to look at Justin Timberlake the same way again. It's just, even Diane Sawyer, I, I'm mm-hmm. very upset yeah, with Diane I Sawyer. Remember, I've heard that quite a bit. I remember the interview. Yeah, it's it's just, I, there are, I haven't felt super positive about where we are as a country or society lately. But going back and watching this, I do feel, wow, we've come a long way in the way we talk about women and celebrity and privacy and mental health. So there's that. Hmm. Uh, Framing Britney on, it's on Hulu. I, you know what, I, I even set it into my fire stick. I said, Framing Britney Spears, and then it started playing Britney Spears music. Will help. (laughs) (laughs) Two weeks ago, we talked about Garden State on this podcast, Uh, and you, Eli, mentioned the emails between Natalie Portman and Jonathan Safran Foer. And then yesterday, friend of the show, Brandon Stone, found us on Twitter and said, you guys, you forgot to mention that Jonathan Safran Foer blew up his marriage mm -hmm. for Natalie Portman. I didn't know that Which was news to me. Mm -hmm. And then... Allison, who runs our social media for the show, texted me an episode of Reply All, 
which is a yes, yes, no episode, which are my favorite episodes of Reply All. Mm. And it's number 137. It's called Fool's Trade. And it goes into all of the details about Jonathan Safran Foer blowing up his marriage for Natalie Portman. If you want more information on that, it's very schadenfreude I think that we're okay to laugh at Jonathan Safran Foer. Unlike Britney Spears, Jonathan Safran Foer is kind of like a mm-hmm. New York jerk who okay. <laughs> thinks he's owed everything. Okay. Episode 137 of Reply All. Awesome. That's it. So... The first Golden Globe Best Picture nominee we are covering on this podcast is The Trial of the Chicago 7. I just want your reactions, first of all. Go for it. No, you go, Nick. I feel like you saw this first and you told us about it a while ago. I watched it like the week after it was released. Um, And I actually enjoyed the movie. Yeah. Um, and as far as like, I I know it like hits on all the Sorkin tropes, but I like Aaron Sorkin stuff. So <laughs> it actually turns out to be a really great movie for me. Like I really like like good like snappy dialogue and like scenes going back and forth and like really quick, uh, quick speech and like a good cast. Like like was a little bit of of it on the nose, yeah. But it was also a historical event that I didn't have a lot of knowledge about, and I thought they did a really good job explaining what happened and like I, I looked up everybody after because I was like super curious about like where they ended up and like it it ended up being something that was pretty pivotal for the United States going forward so mm-hmm. like I I enjoyed the movie I'd, I'd love to hear you guys thoughts on it the, I think the story is incredibly fascinating yeah I'm kind of surprised that we haven't seen this movie before like it, this is do you, every once in a while do you ever see a movie you were like oh this is such a good story how have they not made before do you want to hear what happened yes aaron sorkin wrote the script in 2007 and steven spielberg was going to direct the movie but then the writer strike happened and it got shelved and then he tried to make it again with another director but they couldn't get a budget for it and they kept uh arguing with the studio about a budget and it got put off and put off and finally steven spielberg was like okay let's make this thing happen i'm gonna direct it he developed the script, which he does a lot, and he's like, I actually don't want to be the one to direct it, but here, the script is perfect and ready to go. Mm. Aaron Sorkin, you make it. Aaron Sorkin makes it. It's supposed to hit theaters. COVID happens. George Floyd, Breonna Taylor happen. They go back and they add new footage to help it relate back to this summer more, and then they release it on Netflix. So this has been in production since 2007. That makes way more sense yeah. to me. Because it did, it, the entire time I was watching this, I just kept thinking, like, this feels like, how has nobody jumped on yeah. this content already? Well, there have been other movies. There's been documentaries, a couple documentaries. There's this really weird animated feature about it. Really? Yeah, but nothing this big before. Okay. And I, I don't feel like I'm very familiar with Aaron Sorkin stuff. Like, I feel like you guys always bring him up, and I, I just maybe haven't had, I haven't Did watched. Did you never watch the West, West Wing? West Wing? Mm-hmm. Oh really? Oh my gosh! We should do the West Wing. It's so good. We should do a Patreon. Do you West guys, Wing. you guys think you would still like it if you picked it up now? Yeah, I, I like pick it up every few. Yeah, days. I throw it okay. on every, every okay. now and again. It's very, <laughs> it's very rose-colored glasses about government, but uh-huh. in a way that I like to buy into it for just a little while and make myself believe that's what our presidents do. You this know? is the same reason why I watched Madam Secretary with your mother. You would. <laughs> If you yeah. like Madam Secretary, uh-huh. West Wing is so in your lane. So, so, but to the kind of punchy, fast dialogue yeah. or whatever, I can enjoy it as long as I tell myself don't don't view this as 
a real way that people actually talk. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I agree with that. Right? So, like, the reason why none of us can watch This Is Us, there are many reasons why we can't watch This Is Us, but one of those reasons is, like, nobody talks the way the people in that show the talk. The monologuing. And yeah. it, it's really hard for me to sit there and watch this and just be like, this is not even, this is not even attempting to be, like, real life. And so, I guess Aaron Sorkin, I do tend to feel a little bit that way about, but... The story's good enough, and if the story's good enough and the acting is good enough, I'm, I can kind of give some passes and just tell myself, like, just let it be. And so that was that was sort of a hurdle that I had to overcome. What do you think, Meg? I feel this way. I feel the way about this movie as I do when I'm dragged to Red Lobster or Applebee's or Chili's, mm. and I'm so mad that I'm there, <laughs> and I order something, and it turns out to be really good. Because I went into this kicking and screaming. Uh, Molly's game was the last straw for me with Aaron Sorkin. I said, I cannot do this guy anymore. He's got to let go of the walk and talks. He's got to let go Mm -hmm. of the monologues. He's got to stop over explaining things to me as a viewer. It's offensive. But if I am not a sucker for a courtroom drama, get me in a courtroom, a smoky, like mahogany courtroom for two hours, and I am yeah. sold. I could forgive this movie of a lot of things. And there are a lot of things wrong with this movie. When Eddie Redmayne is saying, nobody's going to remember the what we do in 50 years other than burning bras and burning flags. I mean, you can't write that 50 years in the future. Yeah. That's cheap. That's lazy. When he says to Michael Keaton, it's time for you to find some courage, my eyes could not have rolled harder. <laughs> In my head, you know, he needs a script editor, one who's not afraid of him because I think his script editors are afraid of him. Mm -hmm. But I really liked this movie. Mm -hmm. And I think in large part, it's because of the performances. I thought Sasha Baron Cohen was fantastic as Abby Hoffman because I looked up I looked up some videos of him afterwards and I was like, that was that was him. Like that was that was amazing. He was like, so good. It took me to halfway through this movie to say, "Wait, who is that?" It, and I was like, "Oh my gosh, it's Borat." Yeah, he's got like a face that can just be different. It's I. It's so st- I never recognize him whenever he pops up, and he seems to pop up in odd places. He had a great year, and Borat has. Gotten, I didn't. I still haven't seen Borat. You should watch it. It's really. It's good. really good, and okay. it's and it's gotten some Golden Globe love. Yeah. And which I was when I first saw that, I was like kind of surprised. I'm like, it's Borat. Yeah. But then I thought about it and I was like, it was really good and incredible what he pulled off. And he's very good in this movie. He's very good. My favorite performance of the movie is Jeremy Strong. Oh, Oh, you love love Jeremy Strong. I love Jeremy Strong. Yeah. But he didn't read as pathetic succession guy to me. He was a whole different character in this and one I really loved watching. That's good because it, it was really hard for me to get past my succession goggles of seeing him as Kendall Roy at the beginning, and I was like, "Oh, he's dressed up like a or <laughs> like a hippie, yeah. like a revolutionary, you know." But like, he was really he's, good. Or that movie that he did with that Anne oh. Hathaway movie. That's the last thing we saw him in. <laughs> oh, <laughs> the video game what one. Was that one Ser- called uh, oh. Serenity. Serenity was so that it? Yeah. Because when I saw him in that, I was like, maybe Succession's just doing him a lot of favors. <laughs> but no, he's good. he's good in this. Um, I looked up a few of the how true is all of this. Okay. 
And it's he didn't have to add drama. Everything that you see happen in that courtroom happened. The timeline they played around with a little bit. They didn't read the names at the end of the trial. It was actually in the middle of the trial. Really? And they didn't just read the names of Americans who were killed. They also read the names of all the Vietnamese who wow. were killed. Okay. Uh, Bobby Seal was restrained. But he kept breaking out of his restraints. They, he kept wriggling his way out huh. and getting this mouth gag out. Um, but that was real. That really happened. One criticism I read was from a Slate writer. And they said, Aaron Sorkin took a lot of liberties making sure the screenplay worked out the way he wanted. And I thought, yes, that's... That's how That's we write movies. That's how you make a movie. <laughs> Did you want the entire trial? <laughs> because it would be very boring. It was like a two-year trial, if, you know? If you've ever been to a trial, you you will know that it is there's nothing more boring that happens in this world than trials. So I do want to hear your perspective as a trial lawyer on this movie. Yeah, I was looking forward to this because I was I always wonder like how a doctor like yeah. watches ER. Yeah. Like and like I I want to hear like you as a because you you are you're in court, right? Yeah. 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 So I'd love to hear about your perspective on it. So and I think lawyers kind of have different things that bother them in in movies and TV shows. For me, I am fine with certain liberties being taken in courtrooms um but you have to at least demonstrate that you're attempting to follow like legitimate rules. So as long as it seems like they're, you know, making objections in court that are like actual objections that people make, I'm like pretty happy with that. The things that you have to change in order to make a movie interesting is how quickly things go, how like entertaining the back and forth between like the witness on the stand and the attorney is. Because if you ever go to an actual courtroom, what happens in courtrooms is so boring. It's so slow. You'll get a witness on the stand and literally question them for eight hours. And maybe two and a half minutes of that scattered throughout is even remotely interesting. Wow. But like you spend so much time questioning witnesses about things that are just like getting down into the weeds and whatever else. You could not do that in a movie or a TV show. And I understand that. And so like when I watch The Good Wife, I'm perfectly fine with Christine Baranski walking up to the witness (laughs) stand and being like, you were there on the night of February 5th, weren't you? I'm fine with that. I'm just like, this isn't how it really goes. But like we're getting a story out. I get that. As long as then, you know, attorney on the other side stands up and is like objection hearsay. And it's like actually something that I, attorney Eli, I'm like, yeah, that is hearsay. You know, like Hmm. as long as that, I think they did a pretty good job in this movie of not irritating Eli, the lawyer. Hmm. I was watching and I was just like, obviously it didn't happen like this. Obviously, if we saw like actual footage of this trial, it would be mostly really boring with like a couple of interesting things sprinkled throughout. Um, But I'm okay with this. So I was fine. Oh, cool. Yeah. I want to tell you what it's nominated for, and we can talk about if we think it's deserving or not. Uh, Best Picture. It is up against The Father, which I have not seen. Mank, which I hated. Nomadland. I thought you kind of came back on Mank. I I respect Mank. Okay. Hated it. Respect it. (laughs) Okay. Like spinach or, you know. Yeah. (laughs) You you respect spinach and kale. Yeah. Brussels sprouts. But I hate them. Promising Young Woman, which was probably my favorite movie of the year, mm-hmm. and The Trial of the Chicago 7. Those are the five. Okay. Where do we think it stacks up? I've only seen two of them. Yeah, now, that's me so too. I really don't know. I can't give it to I prefer Promising Young Woman. Yeah. 
have you guys seen the previews for Nomadland? Yeah. Oh, I don't know if I have it in me. What is that? I don't even know what it is. We're going to have to talk about it, but it's Francis McDormand. Oh, well, okay. Like walking I across America. Get, get How many times are we going to make that movie? Open mind. No, you need to have an open mind. I think that you are still mad about three billboards. I, I think will that's never not be mad about three I billboards. I know, but it, I think it looks good. I'm excited for it. Well, I'm very I happy see it too. for you. <laughs> We'll talk about it in two weeks. Okay. The Father We Can't Even Watch until February 26th. What is that? It's a movie with Anthony Hopkins about dementia. You can watch it on your birthday. It sounds made, hilarious. Haven't they made that? <laughs> yeah. I feel like he's made that movie before. Okay. Best performance by an actor in a supporting role, Sasha Baron Cohen, is up for the... the Golden Globe. Golden Globe. Mm-hmm. Meg pull it together <laughs> his competitors are daniel kalua of judas and the black messiah which i just saw the trailer and it looks very good i know right. and after watching the bobby seal thing in trials chicago 7 and the fred hampton yeah like i really want to watch i know because i did i want more of the black yeah. panthers and lakeith stanfield is in it and, and he's awesome jared leto in the little things which you just said sucks so it's not good Bill Murray on The Rocks, which is a comedy. Oh, you so. know what? It's good. I is it good? Yeah. I never saw it. You guys it should watch it. Rashida Jones is great in it, too. She's, it, you, oh, I can't believe we didn't have talked about this. Great movie. Anyway, okay. continue. Leslie. I saw, I saw a tweet recently. I don't know why this was so funny to me, but it just said, quote, hey, that's Rashida, Rashida Jones. Me, every time I see Rashida Jones. <laughs> <laughs> why is that so funny? I don't know. <laughs> but I feel like she's the perfect person to pick for yeah. that tweet. <laughs> Totally. Is she ever going to be a celebrity? Are we ever going to let her be a celebrity? Or are we always going to be like, oh, it's Rashida Jones? (laughs) I remember I was in an advertising class at BYU and like they showed a Gap commercial and it was like, okay, who saw the celebrity in that? And everyone was like, yeah. And then we watched it again and it was like, look, it's Rashida Jones. And we were like, oh, right. I feel like we we all kind of feel like we went to high school with her or something. She was the prettiest girl in high school. And we're like, oh, Rashida. (laughs) And it's like, she's been in a lot of stuff. She's a huge She's an A-list celebrity. Her dad is super famous. Except, you guys, she does all these commercials. She's on every commercial. Good for her. You get it. You get it, girl. Get that money. Yeah. Uh, We need to talk about my favorite set of commercials. Hmm. We've been watching Seinfeld every night, which means we get the same commercials over and over, because that's what Hulu does. And the progressive ads about buying a home and the guy teaches you not to be like your parents make me laugh. (laughs) Every time. So funny. You don't need this many pillows on no. the couch. You can't sit. It's too many. <laughs> when he's helping the guy back out the car, you don't know him. I know. <laughs> the other day, we, we Skylar and I went for a walk, and I, uh, you know, there are so many houses that still have their Christmas lights on, and sure. I pointed at a house, and I was like, looks like it's still Christmas at that house. <laughs> and Skylar was like, oh my God, you are your father. <laughs> I was like, oh yeah. <laughs> That is so something my dad would say. For a few months, we had this big truck park outside our house, and I would get so angry. And I was looking up city code to see if I could call someone, and Steven said, you have got to to chill out. What is happening to you? Amazing. Oh, your 30s are a good time. Uh, Leslie Odom Jr. for One Night in Miami. I don't know what that movie is. Okay. We, did, we haven't seen any movies. Well, there's I mean, it's just been such a weird year. It's been a weird year, yeah. Uh, oh, One Night in Miami is the one Regina King, King directed. I do need to see that. Okay. Okay. So Aaron Sorkin is up for 
Best Director, and he's up against Emerald Fennell for Promising a Woman, David Fincher for Mank, Regina King for One Night in Miami, Aaron Sorkin, and Chloe Zhao for Nomadland. Super great that three of those mm. nominees are women. Not that I think we should just nominate women to nominate women, but mm-hmm. I, you know. Too little, too late. Promising Young Woman is a very good movie. So yeah, it is. I mean, if I had to pick, I'd pick Emerald. If Aaron won, though, I'd be like, okay. Mm-hmm. I think it was a good movie. I, that's the thing. I think it was a good movie. Yeah. Is it, can I see the seams? Yes. Can I yeah. tell Aaron Sorkin wrote it? Yes. Of course it's not is a masterpiece. Is necessarily bad? No. 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 It was a bad year for movies. I Every director the has their things. It's like you watch a mob movie. Like, guess what? It's Scorsese. He happens to do mob movies really, really I well. Know. I just I, think that Aaron Sorkin's kind of obnoxious about what he does, and that's why I uh, get a little... Oh, okay. He's so explainy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like, but you didn't like it. You didn't like the script of Social Network. Oh, I do love the Social Network. Yeah, but See? It's he like... had help with that one with David Fincher. Mm-hmm. Well, he didn't write and direct it. That's true. I I struggled with the script of the Social Network because of the interaction between the the people. Especially, I cannot handle Army Hammer in that movie. Well, I know. Well, yeah. You knew something then. I that knew we something all know then. now. I just I don't like it when adult when people play twins that dress the same in movies as adults. It's just weird to me. <laughs> Do you follow Dumois on Instagram? Mm-mm. Oh my gosh, you guys, you have to follow Dumois. Who's that? They're celebrity gossip. Okay. Do you and have any info? Well, I've been waiting all week. Meg, we all have for the big Army Hammer story to drop. I Google his name every morning. I can't believe it hasn't <laughs> dropped yet. What is the whole Sky- up? Skyler walks into the house every night and he's like, "Do we know yet?" And I'm like, "We still don't know." <laughs> How could it get any worse? What news could we possibly get worse than Army Ham- Hammer is a like rapist cannibal? Well, he did. We didn't know that he. I don't think there has been an accusation yet that he's actually done those things. Just that he has an appetite for those things. Tomato, tomato. No, not tomato, tomato. There's a difference. There's a big okay. difference. Okay, okay, trial lawyer. No, I think that's a big difference. Like somebody being like, I. I would like to commit murder, but I'm not doing it is different than <laughs> I have committed a lot of murder. Yes. Okay. As Sasha Barrett Cohen would say in the trial of the Chicago seven, this is a uh, trial about our minds, our thoughts. Okay. Yeah. See how I brought Very that back good. to I, the movie. I see that. So Nick, like you, I knew absolutely nothing about this. Yeah. I knew that there was violence at the 1968 Democratic Convention. That was it. That was the extent yeah. of my knowledge. And I'm embarrassed by that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What happened? Well, how did we not know about this? I, 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 I was, I was, I was watching it and I was like, how did I never learn about this mm-hmm. in high school? Like, this is like a... Are history books like worse than we think they are? Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. for sure they, gotta they be. are. They gotta be. Because I feel like I should have known more about this. Okay, but think about it. A few weeks ago, somebody blew up an entire block in Nashville, and most people don't even yeah. know that that happened. I know. That was a few weeks there ago. There was a shooting yesterday that killed people, and it barely made the news. It's so I don't know if this is just like one of those things that we, the society just collectively was like, this, we just won't do this. Well, yeah. But we will teach World War II every year. Yeah, every freaking year. year. Ask me anything about World War II. I know it. We're all geniuses when it comes to World I know. War II. Um, I watched a little featurette that Netflix produced with Aaron Sorkin explaining this. And he talked about, they actually had a number of American African-American historians talking about this. And he talked about the parallels of 68 and 
summer of 2020 and how democracy lives in the streets. And this was maybe the first time that was proven in America. And it's where we got the line, the world is watching. That line arrived out of the trial of the Chicago 7. Hmm. And we're still saying it. We're saying it in the summer of 2020 when wow. people mm-hmm. are taking to the streets and saying Black Lives Matter. And mm-hmm. I, yeah. it's, just, it's interesting because we've come a long way at the same time we haven't come we're very still far there. Yeah. since mm-hmm. then. And it really always is people protesting. Aaron Sorkin says in this, no, no real movement or change has happened without robust protest first. Mm-hmm. And I think that we all really saw that this summer. Oh, yeah. And we have miles and miles and miles to go, but there is real change happening, you know, and people are trying to learn more about Black Lives Matter and yeah. trying to do better. And it's exciting yeah, when people it, get activated. It, it's exciting, but it's too bad that it takes tragedies to get us there you know like yes. and like I'm, I'm i'm totally guilty of it like i i feel like i didn't look far enough into what the naacp does and like everything that that helps black organizations and in, in the united states until brianna taylor and until george floyd and like i feel like the chicago seven were like ahead of their time yeah. and like it was it's pretty cool to hear their story um eli i did have a question for you mm. um at the end when they show like the little like what happened to Everybody, you know, in the credits oh. right before um, they say something about the judge and that 75 percent of the judges like in the district voted him like unfit or something like that. I oh. want I didn't know if that was a, a regular thing that like judges like come together and decide whether or not they should be judges. Was that what it was? Do you recall that at all? Um, well, first of all, I think I missed the what, what happened to Blurbs oh, really? after. I must oh, have turned did? it off. Oh, I, that's too bad. When you just said that, I was like, oh, I need to oh. go back and watch. Anyway. Those. Um, as far as, no, judges, no, um, that's not something I'm familiar with. Attorneys review judges? So, yes, there are, um, like, bar, bar associations can review judges and can, um, depending on how a judge is kind of elected or appointed in a, in a, in different states can recommend that a judge not be retained or not be reelected because they don't meet certain criteria. And so, for example, in Utah, our state judges are appointed by the governor and then every so often they come up for a retention election where okay. the public can basically vote them out if they want to. And that's one way that a judge can hmm. get tossed out. The legislature can also impeach a judge and so forth. And so uh, periodically you'll have organizations who do like kind of the hard work of investigating and and trying to figure out like, is this judge problematic in, in some way? And then they'll kind of release their results and say like, we do not think that this person should be a judge. And so I, having not read okay. this and not knowing the exact context, I wonder if it's something like that, yeah. like a, an organization, judicial organization where people kind of tattle on one another sort of make their voice heard about yeah, what they think. Yeah, and Meg, I don't know if you, like, what you looked into, like, as far as, like, how accurate everything was, but it seemed like the judge was really skewed to one way. Yeah, and, from what I read, that wasn't an exaggeration. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah, and actually, something interesting about the judge, Abby Hoffman, who was portrayed by Sasha Baron Cohen in this, he got on the stand and he was taking his oath, right? Mm-hmm. That's what they call mm-hmm. it. And in Yiddish, he said to the judge, if you had been around in Germany, you would have supported the Nazis. Mm. And the, the judge was Jewish. Mm. And so it was a very inflammatory mm. thing to say to the judge. And the fact that Aaron Sorkin didn't include that was kind of weird. Because huh. that seems like very Aaron Sorkin yeah. to yeah. include that. 
It's very dramatic. It's very dramatic, yeah. and they didn't include it. So yeah, no drama was added. These things happened. They really wore the robes to the trial. They really talked back to the judge like that all the time. They really had all those contempt of court contempt. Mm-hmm. Contempt of court yeah. charges. Mm-hmm. Um, Bobby, I love the overruled in unison every single yeah. time. So Bobby Steele had to go to prison for four years because of all the contempt of court uh, mm-hmm. violations. Really? Yeah, mm. yeah, wild. It's Wait, wild. what about the what about the attorney that like was held in contempt yeah, of court? Yeah, he, he really he, he had went them. to prison. He served time. He, no, he didn't serve time. Oh, he didn't. He had that money. Oh, I think and, he paid a fine. Yeah. Oh, that. got it. Do you want to take this opportunity to um, rat out any judges that we should be cautious <laughs> of? I, I don't have any issue with any judges in the state of Utah currently. Okay. Oh. Well, that's what they all say. No, that's not what they time. all say. That's not what they all say. They're, I've had, I have had some bad experiences with judges, but like not to a point where I'm like, and therefore they're incompetent. Sure. So what, I mean, I this movie terrified me in that way because- there might be judges out there who are terrible. What what does the system have set up to keep judges from being terrible? Mm. Oh, good question. Um, well, namely the things that I just described, the possibility to impeach a judge um, in Utah, the possibility to vote a judge out through retention election. Um, I will say in our state, uh, Utah frequently gets cited as sort of like the model state for um, the way judges are appointed. And I think it's <laughs> earned um, well, because the judges have to go through so many hurdles before they even make it in front of the governor in the first place. And then the governor appoints them. And then there are so many kind of checkpoints that if a judge is bad, uh, they can get tossed out. It doesn't catch everybody. But by and large, I think... Uh, I will say I always felt like it was sort of a crapshoot. If you have a case go to court, it's like whatever the whim of the judge is, is like how your you know fate is going to be decided until I actually worked for the Utah court system out of law school and like kind of saw it on that side. And I was very comforted by the fact that like so much thought and so much effort goes into making decisions as carefully as possible. Okay. And so there are, you know, things wrongly decided all the time, but I think by and large, at least in our state, we have like a pretty good setup. Um, But I really worry about states where judges run for election and it basically turns into Congress. Yeah. It's basically like Mm. people, I mean, think about like, who's in the house in in dc like there's some wackos yeah and like people like that can get elected as judges as well and so think about like kind of the craziest people who are in our federal government and imagine if they were judges instead of you know voting on legislation activist judges terrifying yeah Yeah, that is scary well Mm -hmm. now i'm scared yeah so how did we feel about joseph gordon levitt my close personal friend who i almost dated all right you know um i thought he was I, I liked that he was kind of like just like a kind of in the background. Mm-hmm. Like he he I think he played a really great role as the prosecutor in the case. And I felt like I, I feel like Sorkin wrote him in a way that was like from the beginning, he was kind of like trying to reason with why he was doing this and like how, how come he got this assignment. And I thought it was really interesting at the beginning when uh, I can't remember who he was talking to at the beginning in that meeting. But the reason that that law was put in place was. It was something about um, slaves was, crossing state lines yeah. to like promote like like talks of freedom for slaves or something like that, and like that's the reason that it was put in place. And he was like, "Are we sure we should be doing this?" And like, but 
he did his job and like that was and the the scene in the park where Sasha Baron Cohen and uh, Jeremy Strong talked to him about it. He was like, I understand that that you're doing your job, and it kind of humanized him, like seeing him there with his daughters, and like he was, he he was the prosecutor. But like, mm-hmm. I I like that he wasn't the star of the show. But and I, you would think that having Joseph Gordon-Levitt in it, who is normally like a big name, like is he, he is he a big name anymore? Yeah, I haven't seen him for a while. Yeah, but we all know his name. Yeah, I feel like he did some stinkers and then he kind of he's, fell away. Yeah, but when you see him on screen, everybody knows who he is. <laughs> I know, he's my he, close personal friend. He's always a bit a bit of an overactor for me. And so maybe yeah. Sorkin is like his... Do you think he went for it in this? Do you think he went for it a little too, too much? I think that maybe a Sorkin script works for, for him. Oh. Because it's a bit much. Yeah. And he's yeah. a bit much. He can play to it. Um, I do not care for Eddie Redmayne in... I did not. Like he was the worst part of the movie, wasn't he? He's the worst part of every movie. I cannot, cannot stand the him. The voice he was doing in this movie drove me crazy. Yeah, he, you could tell he was really trying for the American accent, like he, way yeah. too hard. Trying. So this guy, every movement that he makes in anything he does, I'm like, you are going so hard for an Oscar right now, and yeah. it's obnoxious. He's got he's Oscar breath all over him. Couple, Has he won? Right? He won for the Danish girl, right? And he yeah. was the, so humbled by it when it happens. I'm just like, your entire life is about trying to collect these awards, and it just, he irritates me to no end. Do not care for him. Yeah, he's your Anne Hathaway. Uh, do you still feel that no, way? No, I've come around come on Anne Hathaway. I've resolved some of my own insecurities that were preventing me from liking her. I've come a long way as a person. Good. Thank you very much. Wow. I love Anne Hathaway. I will. I ride or die for Anne. She, I think she's been mis- misunderstood yeah. by me and many others for yeah. a lot of years, just like Britney. Yeah. Yeah. And she was great in Serenity. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Okay, so I listened to a thing the other day. I think it was Blank Check, and they were talking about Serenity and how Matthew McConaughey and Anne Hathaway's agents were mad at the studio for not promoting that movie harder. I know. That was the best thing the studio did for that movie. I know, and I don't know. I mean, I don't know how McConaughey and Hathaway themselves felt about it, but boy, oh boy, if I was in that movie, I want them to bury it immediately. Anyway, Stars, they're just like us. Um, <laughs> Will Nick, you're going to join us for No Man's Land, yeah? I'd like to. Okay. In, in two weeks. In yeah. two weeks. Um, we'll be back next week. We're having Maddie from the Bad Broadcast join us for Promising Young Women. Looking forward to that. Uh, please leave us a good rating and review. Do not leave us a one-star review like someone did. And yes, I'm going to be bringing this up for a while because I'm angry about it. If you don't like this podcast, just stop listening. <laughs> you don't have to go. You don't have to use your dumb little thumbs to leave a one-star <laughs> review. Okay? Just move on. It might have been me. Did you no, leave a one-star review? No, I would never do that. Go back to therapy. I was like, um, I don't really like doing this. <laughs> <laughs> one-star <laughs> I would rather passive-aggressively tear this podcast down with negative (laughs) reviews than just quit. Um, If you do like this podcast, thank you so much for listening. We would really appreciate a five-star review. We would really appreciate you sharing this podcast with your friends and your family, but maybe not your mom because sometimes we talk about movies your mom might not like, but my mom listens in. So far, I haven't gotten in too much trouble. I watch movies moms watch. Yeah, you do. You're the good mom podcaster I'm the mom podcaster. Um, We also, if you want to really support us and enjoy extra bonus content, we have a Patreon at patreon.com forward slash hivemindhq. Uh, 
Emily and I are in the midst of a Bridgerton exclusive series. It's a lot of fun. She comes prepared with 3,000 word essays every week about <laughs> Regency England. So don't miss it. That tracks. And subscribe to our newsletter at hivemind.substack.com to get links to our podcast and our features and whatever silly thoughts pass through my mind during the week. Thank you so much for listening and we'll see you soon.